Well, if you don't think the market can turn on a dime, well, you probably didn't catch yesterday, right? That's just how simple we can turn around. Now the only question is, will it continue? Did the worrying stop yesterday? Of course, we're seeing the regional banks bounce today. We'll talk all about this. We'll take a look deeper into what's going on right now. Do the bigger banks look better now? We'll talk about them also. We'll take a look at the airlines. Looks like we got an updated release from United Airlines. And, of course, there's some disaster stocks out there. GitLab getting hit hard. We got Daniel Pipitone today. Trade Zero. We'll talk a little bit with the CEO. Coming up, team. You guys smashed the like. Welcome to it. Pre-market prep. It's time to rise and shine, traders. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right. Good morning, traders and investors. Let's run down the S&Ps, the indexes, the crude. Real quickly, we're up 32 and a half handles, 39.21 and a half, a ways away from yesterday's high, but we'll see what that CPI number does. Uh, the buck getting a little bit of a bounce up 19 cents. Bonds giving some back after that huge three-day rally. Down a little over a point. Crude can't catch a bid down a buck 32 at 7348. We're starting to hang out down here near in the lower 70s. Gold after its torrid run down just about seven bucks, 1909.60. Silver in the red by 19 pennies at 21.73. And Bitcoin having another good day up $520 at 24925 I want to bring on Triple D. I want to bring on Money Mitch because I I want to I got a story. As Rabbi Schwartz used to say, mm. I got a story. It's story it's a, time. It's a true Joel story. Alcanin. It's a, a true, true story. St- we like a, true stories. A true stories. So in oh, the midst in the of the chaos yesterday, okay, I see a tweet from Dennis. And it says, you know, someone's showing people lining up at banks, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, that's bad. Like that's that, that, bad. that would be an epic. Dennis said, is it true? Okay. I didn't know. I didn't you know. Did. I didn't know. And so I'm sure there were some people at uh, SIVB. And so I'm thinking, what what's a simple thing to do, right? There's a Comerica branch a mile and a half from me. So I figured I'll go there, right? Comerica is getting hit. So I drive over there and I get out of the car and I take a picture and I'm like, ah, oh, man. I, 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 and I went into the bank. There were more tellers in the bank than customers. Okay, didn't look like a bank run. The, 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 guys, uh, guys, money's the, um, digital. The, money's digital nowadays. Yeah, I talked to the, I talked <laughs> to the manager a little bit, and she was like, you know, like no, it's not been busy at all. And I'm like, so I talked to her a little bit, and I asked if she could take a picture in the bank. She said no, and I said I understood. So went to the car. I called Triple D. And I'm telling him this. And he's like, really? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, he goes, the banks are ripping right now. 
I gotta go. And I went back home and I bought stocks and something that I haven't been that aggressive wow. in a long time in the market. And I, I got to take them off my screen. Because <laughs> what, what ones did you pick on? <laughs> I, I, I picked, I picked on FRC. You bought FRC. Where'd you buy it? Uh, I bought it in a couple different accounts, uh, 28 oh, wow. and 32. Holy it's 44 yeah. right now. What else did you buy? I bought, um, uh, key bank. You know that it's not a big mover. I think I got that in the in the lower elevens. Yeah. And then I said, I call America. You know, it was the old McDonald's indicator. Remember when I said I used to look at the McDonald's drive-through during the yeah. pandemic, and it was bad. Yeah. So I bought a little Comerica, and then I'm like, well, if all the banks go under, then everyone's going to put their money at J.P. Morgan, and I've never had about JP. JP Morgan too. Yeah, I had J.P. Morgan <laughs> in my portfolio, yeah. but. Uh, these are not trades. I'm not going to talk about these stocks anymore. Um, I'm not going to do technicals. Well, it could be on. trades. I mean, they're going up 50% a day, FRC. No. <laughs> what it, could be a long-term investment. It's up 43% here this morning. Or, I know. It doesn't. <laughs> you know, it, 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 if I if I, if I I buy more, it will go down. If I sell it, it will go up. I'm just, I'm just going to do nothing. The yields on these things were crazy, too, when yeah. I, you know, when I bought them. So, yeah, I know. I just took a stab. I just, yeah. I don't know. I just didn't feel like the world. I mean, they could all be at zero tomorrow and I'll lose, you know, a percentage of my portfolio and, you know, it won't be such a great call, but it was just, it just was a confluence of like no one at the bank, you know, talking to you, talking about the yeah. price action. Uh, we had held the pre-market low at that time too. So, you know how I, you know, I'd like to see the, those levels hold, but um, you know, you get lucky every once in a while. Yeah, I didn't my, buy Huntington Bank. I I thought about Huntington Bank, but I did not buy Huntington Bank. Did you get what? What were you gonna say, Mitch? Uh, my biggest question would be why yesterday? Why yesterday? I'll tell Just you. I did the. the bank? I actually did the same thing, um, not aggressively, but the reason I started to buy some of these beaten down regional banks yesterday afternoon is because the risk reward shifted big time. I mean, you had some of these stocks down 70, 80%. I'm like, okay, if they don't go under, if they go under, it goes to zero. If they don't, there's three, four hundred percent upside on some of these things now. So I'm like, I'm getting the three to one risk reward here. Like a PACW, which was five bucks at the low yesterday. And I did buy some PACW. I didn't get five. But after the fact, and again, I was too scared to catch the falling knife. And I will say, I was scared in the morning. I even tweeted out, this is scary. Because you're watching multiple regional banks fall better than 50% after already falling for the last three days. And some of these now 80% off the highs, especially like in an FRC. And you're looking at like 20, 19, and you're like, this was 120. I'm like, if this doesn't go bankrupt, there's going to be some big upside here. So I decided to just buy a couple. And more call option money, like what I would be comfortable losing if it lost at all. So I said to myself, I'm not comfortable going a full size position in these things. So I don't want to, you know, lose a whole pile of money. But I'm comfortable lottery ticket style, like to buy small in a couple of the banks. I asked Joel what he was buying. I went the same. I went to Key Bank. Um, I've traded that for a long time. I'm kind of familiar, like just with trading it. But again, this is completely out of the out of the ordinary. And then I went to the PACW. I bought that in the eights and the nines because 
I was just looking again. I didn't get the fives. And if it came back to five, I don't think I was going to want it. <laughs> I was like playing it that. Okay. I was scared. I tweeted out. This is scary. And then about 1030, about an hour after the tweet, I tweeted out, was that capitulation? Because I wanted to throw up watching it. So that's when I'm like, okay, you know, if we just had the capitulatory event in these regional banks, I want to get a little bit of exposure here because this could be like, you know, a generational opportunity in some of these banks if they don't go under. Now, they still might. We aren't, do not, nobody's got crystal ball here. Maybe we're not out of the woods. Maybe these are all going to be zeros. But I feel more comfortable today than I did yesterday at 9.30. So, My biggest, um, so on that end, uh, so one thing that I would ask is, what's the difference between a falling knife and capitulation? Well, it is, but I wasn't trying to catch them when they're going straight down, straight down, limit down. I waited until they started to bounce. So we had a huge bounce. The market went green. They were buying mm-hmm. tech stocks. It did not feel like the end of the world bank run. It just didn't feel like that. And then Joel saying there's nobody even in the Comerica. And yes, we know it's digital niche, you know, and but I'll tell you, if you're really worried about your money, money you don't you're probably going to have trouble getting it out. And I know like there was multiple wires that, that failed, you know, and yes, obviously in the Silicon Valley bank situation. And that's mm-hmm. why there was lineups out there because people like, I'm not getting my wire through, you know, I'm yeah. going into the branch. It wasn't feeling like that, at least from what I was asking out there. So, again, it's a huge risk play to buy any of these things yesterday. That's why small money nibbling, because it felt like maybe it was overdone. And I think, obviously, hindsight capital 2020 here, you're looking now and you're like, yeah, it probably was overdone. I mean, PAC double W from $27 a week ago to 5 bucks. And now it's back up at 13. I mean, you may never see that five dollars ever again. If it's not going under, you're never gonna see that again. So you know what another maybe it's thing gonna go too? under. Yeah. You know another thing that uh that entered my my uh, thought process is the I thought the the vultures, you know the vultures are gonna be out there, you know. And I you know, maybe some of these banks get picked up, right? I know the other thing with the FRC, I saw the JP Morgan. Uh, was helping them out. So I'm like, if JP Morgan's helping them out, then, you know, and then JP Morgan goes under, but you know, people they are just, you know, they're, they're just, they're going to swoop down. And I think, isn't someone going after the assets of, uh, of, um, SBNY or, or, well, or one of the rumors, banks? Yeah, there's but... rumors, but I just thought the vultures would be out there. You know, and, and, you know, if anything, maybe some of these things get, you know, because you had that during the financial crisis, right? I mean, they were take unders, uh, but um, we'll see. I mean, I we got the risk reward. Number. Like, just take it back. Like, all I analyze, I always like the two to one or three to one risk reward. And I just looked at the PACW and I'm like, if it doesn't go under, we could be looking at this thing back at 25 or 26 bucks in a month or two. It's not going to come right back, but we could be looking at that thing, getting all of its losses back if there isn't a bank run and it doesn't go under. But, you know, if it does, I was comfortable losing the amount of money that I put exactly. into it. Again, exactly. you had to be comfortable and say, this is a zero. I'm coming in here um, and anything I put in this, I'm willing to lose it all. Not, oh, I'm going to cut this loss because this could have just like halted on us, Mitch, and been, you know, taken over in a zero. So, and we're still mm-hmm. not out of the woods. We're not saying like that was it. I'm saying there's the potential, 
that we just saw capitulation yesterday morning. I also bought some IWM, the Canadian equivalent, which trades in on, on Toronto there um, mm-hmm. that tracks the IWM. I bought some of that. My wife's RSP. I was like, she's taking <laughs> <laughs> Go out shopping the with the wife's account. The reason I went to IWM <laughs> was we bounced right at the December lows. And obviously the IWM yep. getting hammered because it's got some banks in there. Uh, hammered a lot harder than the S&P. Uh, so I, I bought re- some of that too. I'm not, I still have a lot of cash. I don't uh-huh. think by any means we're completely out of the woods here. Yeah. But I felt like yesterday was maybe some short-term capitulation. Now, CPI could change things. We got 18 exactly. minutes away. Yep. CPI could change things. Um, and, you know, as a trader, people are saying, oh, those are risky trades. As a trader, it is my job to take risk. And I, like I said, I wasn't going all in. I went about a quarter size of a normal position on the key bank buy and the PACW buy, a quarter size. So they're not like I'm getting rich off these. But I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? That could turn into a full-size position if that thing comes all the way back to where it was five days ago. And would I be happy that I bought it down there? Yeah. If I lost it all, I was comfortable doing that. Um, I just figured I was going to take a shot here that maybe this isn't happening. And again, as as bad as I felt, and you can show my tweet, Mitch, about like 9.45, I tweeted out, this is scary. And I was buying nothing at that point in time. I was just sitting there and watching it. And I'm like, I feel like throwing up here, watching these regional banks just going down, down, down. And so many that were going down. And then looking back, that's why I tweeted out an hour later. I quoted my own tweet. And I was like, I was scared. Was that capitulation? Because usually I've seen a lot of stuff. And when I get scared, that means there's probably a lot of other people who were scared. (laughs) So that's why I feel like we kind of had a capitulatory, at least in the short run, Mm -hmm. like hammer yesterday. And they came into the tech stocks hard. You know, Microsoft and Apple. And again. That was a good sign, right? It was. A good sign right off the bat that you saw the big boys going straight up. Um, At the gates, they they were looking strong. Microsoft, Apple. Uh, the leaders, right? Google, they were they were definitely pushing. Now, one thing I want to reiterate that you just said, Dennis, and that's why I asked you the question there. What's the difference between, and you just explained it, just maybe let's reiterate it there. Yeah. The difference between the falling knife and the capitulatory bottom was that Dennis was actually starting to see the stock starting to work their way back after. up. I went after. And so there's the separation. That's why I wanted to ask that question, Dennis. Yeah. It's not necessarily telling you that you caught the knife, but did you wait for that move to start coming back up? That's yeah, the difference I there, did. team. That's what I wanted to kind of explain more. The teaching moment there is that I know it's very difficult because I can tell you guys, I didn't catch the falling knife. If anything, I'm on the other side of the coin today. So I shorted City. I'm not losing on the position because I was up decent towards the close. But just to kind of put it in perspective, right? So the difference there on the knife is waiting for that action to start coming back. Actually, then, his last words were uh, the last things on his phone. He goes, he goes. Some, I, I think you just said something was halted to the upside is what you said. I got to go. I got to go. Yeah, they were halting. <laughs> they were actually going to limit up, like just yeah. on the L U L D. So we you know limit up, limit down, and then we were limit down, limit down, and they were halting limit up, and it just felt like it felt like that was it. I felt the difference, too, was one thing that we got, right, is that we got a full backstop by the regulatory, right? That mention of all depositors now being backed up. The only time I've ever heard that, like, you know, we would back up at all costs was in the pandemic, right? When we said we will print as much as needed to keep this market where it was. Well, I think whenever we hear that word all or, like, the Fed is going to do whatever it takes, 
I think we can almost start looking for the pattern that we quickly sweep up the uncertainty out there. Because that's that's what it seems like. That's the only thing that really was the difference between, you know, what we got Friday and what we got Sunday going into Monday. So, it, And it could all change here in a few minutes. I uh-huh. do think if we sell off significantly on the CPI, I think you're going to find buyers. So I think that's interesting. That's people. interesting. I would actually, I'd be cautious selling the rip here if we get a rip off CPI, and I'd be inclined to buy the dip, and I will. So I'm going to leave you around 826 or 827. And again, we've got our guest coming up here right yeah. now. So I want to talk to Is he around? But 826, yeah, 827. I'm actually inclined to buy the dip here if we get a if we get a dip on the CPI. All right, let's go to our guest today. A new one, smash the like team. Let's get it started. Dan, how we doing? Trey? Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning, good morning. It's good to be with you. We're here to go ahead and talk a little bit about the markets, talk a little bit about Trade Zero. How are we doing today, Dan? Fantastic, guys. You didn't run to your bank, did you? Yeah. No, but I mean, we it is uh, definitely uh, incumbent upon us to let people know that uh, things are safe. Things are safe here. Uh, they don't need to panic. They don't need to worry. Uh, but okay. wow, what a ride. <laughs> Yeah, you I get mean, down and dirty in there, Dan. Like, how do you approach this? And now you've been in the markets a long time. And I was trying to remember back to the financial crisis, you know, what was happening as I'm seeing regional banks fall 40, 50, 60 percent that morning. And I'm like, holy, I'm like trying to like bring back, you know, my memory from like 15 years ago yeah. and how I was trading this and how is how to approach this. How do you approach a morning like that? You know, listen, back then, I think wildly different than, than where we are today. Um, you know, back then the world was coming to an end right now. It's, you know, there, there may be a bank or two, um, and that who knows where this contagion is going to go. But back then it was like the world, it was everybody and it was everything. Uh, and for us as a, you know, really focusing, I had a firm called noble trading back then we wound up selling that to light speed in 2010, but during the financial crisis, uh, it created tons of volatility created lots of opportunity if you were a trader. Uh, you know, buy and hold folks, uh, I think really were, were dealt a lot of pain during the financial crisis. But if you were a trader, I think it really, uh, kind of like the pandemic, you know, it really kind of set set up lots of opportunity, you know, with city trading down at 97 cents. And, yeah. you know, these banks that we knew weren't going to, we, no one knew anything. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, sort of the tier one banks really taking it uh, on the chin in a way that uh, I think that, Folks weren't prepared for, and uh, you know, and they, and they and they bounced back fairly quickly. So, in a similar way, guys, the way that I heard you guys talking about the regional banks this morning, it kind of made me think of the J.P. Morgans, the cities, uh, you know, the Bears at the time uh, uh, during the financial crisis. So, what about your customers? Like, were they like, like, what, like, and obviously you can get a look, and we don't want to tell us specific stuff, but did you feel like your customers were like? looking at this like as an opportunity or were they all scared? And I was scared I, yesterday morning too, like sitting on this, the hands. What happens, you know, with, you know, retail customers during an event like that? I think there's a little bit of both guys, you know, the, the more savvy folks, I think you know, will read into the news and, and understand, you know, what this is. And, and uh, you know, the others that kind of just read headlines are, are calling us and saying, Hey, uh, is everything all right? Should we be concerned? Uh, well, we're going to send something out today just to kind of allay some fears, if you will. But, but yeah, I mean, folks, if you put, if you turn on the TV, I mean, you may think we're back in 2007, 2008, but, but um, 
it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, what some of the other ancillary players that are affected. Uh, we're read, reading some this morning about Bill.com, a, a company that we use for our like payment processing and stuff yeah, like that. They have a lot of exposure there. And what does that mean? I don't know. You know, are they going to go away? Everyone's going to be made whole, but who long? How knows? Who knows how long that's going to take uh, before folks are made whole? And, and I know that there are, you know, some uh, some private equity banks and and folks that are looking to step in to um, kind of bridge some of these startups that are. Uh, you know, fully on deposit with some of these banks. Hopefully some of that kicks in, uh, but, we'll, but we'll see, you know. And we got to get one question out of the way. Are you related yes. to Joe Pepitone? He's Pep. I'm Pip. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. I'll tell you guys a quick funny story. I'm a big Yankee yeah. fan. I was out, I was at the, uh, went to the World Series 2009, obviously, Last name Pipitone. I had that one all ready for you, Joel. I know Pep and Pip. I get to, especially if you're like 50 years old and older. I'm not saying how old you are, but <laughs> folks usually older. 50 and older. older are the ones that'll <laughs> say that to me. So it was at the World Series 2009. And uh, if you guys are Yankee fans, you, you would know these names. And uh, very sadly, there was a little table set up outside the stadium. It's like not official in any way. And behind that table, signing baseballs and autographs was Jim Layritz and Joe Pepitone. $10 a pop. Yeah. Wow. So uh, I, I don't know if Joe's, um, you know, done so well in, in his later years, but uh, it was kind of sad. Huh? He actually passed on yesterday. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. I just, oh, my uh, God. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. It's the rowdy star. Uh, three three gold gloves. But anyways, let's let's talk yes. to the markets. Let's talk to the platform because we got CPI coming up. Let's I, talk I, short selling. Yeah, sure. yeah. I, and Dan, I don't know how if you guys ran into some issues yesterday. I was in our, our live trading stream. I did hear multiple mentions of TD Ameritrade kind of giving people struggles yesterday. No struggles yesterday? No, no. We were breathing that free air, streaming data, instant orders, all that good stuff. That's what I like to hear. So uh, tell us a little bit about what Trade Zero has to offer. Of course, the competitive advantage that you guys have. Yes, fantastic. So we are actually today, Trade Zero as a brand, we are three broker dealers. Trade Zero America, where I sit uh, in the office in Brooklyn. Trade Zero Inc. out of the Bahamas for our international clients. And Trade Zero Canada for our Canadian folks. The offering is pretty consistent across all three firms. Same technology, same uh, sort of access to our key differentiator, which is our short sale facilitation tool. This product is patent pending. Uh, we actually released it at the Benzinga FinTech Awards or the trading bootcamp. It was a trading show in, uh, in July of 2019 in New York City. And uh, we've been at this ever since. We have some exciting new stuff coming out in the very near future. But this platform itself really kind of sets us apart because there are some firms out there where you can get locates, a locate if anyone is unaware, is essentially a precursor or a permission slip to short a stock that is not easy to borrow. So some firms will facilitate locate transactions as we do, but we kind of take it a step further. So if someone comes onto the platform, they want to short a stock that's not easy to borrow, which I'm going to show you guys in a second, um, they can interact with our short locate tool. They can create a watch list of all the shorts that they potentially want to on a short during the day. Should I share my screen? Maybe this will be better. Yeah, can you do that? That'd be good. We'd love to see the platform. Cool. Definitely. Down in the corner, you'll see share screen. You'll see present, yeah. and then... Oh, I see entire screen. Okay, cool. Yeah, put your screen you want to show. Right. Are we there? Takes yeah, a second. I got it. I got it. There Boom. we go. We're on the screen. 
Awesome. Um, okay. So I was kind of following along with you guys and just pull, pulling up some of the symbols you guys were talking about. Yeah. And so this is a typical dashboard that folks will see when they download and install Zero Pro, which is our flagship platform. We have four. There are two web versions, mobile app uh, and the Zero Pro. I don't. I actually trade on our free web version. Uh, this one is a monthly subscription of 59 bucks. If you maintain 30 grand or more, it's free. Um, but so, okay, the shorts. Yeah, talk about the tool. So in our level two window, you'll notice at the very top of the screen, next to you type in the symbol, there's a little either green S or a red LR, which stands for locate required. So PXMD, this is a hot, a hot uh, locate uh, symbol for us the other day. And um, you see that this L, red LR is there, which means that the locate's required on this symbol. Yeah, so that uh, means you cannot just short it. You got to go out and find a locate there. So your tool is going to show us how to get that. Co okay. Correct. Correct. So just go back on here. Connect okay. back in. So okay. So when we log into the platform and we go to the shortlist window, we we're, we're able to see which stocks are not easy to borrow and which stocks are just by looking at the mm -hmm. level two window. Additionally, if you go into the shortlist window. When you type in your list of symbols that you want to see for which ones are easy to borrow or which ones are not, those symbols that show up in green means that there's no locate required. You can just go on to the level two window and just press the short button. For symbols that are not on the uh, – that, that require a locate, you'll see that there is a – the symbol, there's a corresponding price where you can put in a number of shares and then hit the locate button. Mm -hmm. When I click this button, we're actually going out and we are – interacting with 10 or 11 different locate providers and coming up with the best price. And we see that if I wanted to, to, to locate 100 shares of AIMD, it's going to cost me 1.59 cents per share, 100 shares $1.59. As soon as I accept that, mm -hmm. you see that now... Now the stock has the locate. Now you have the ability. Now... We have 100 of 100. It used to say it was a red LR here, but now yeah. it's 100 shares available of 100 that I have in total that I can short. So if I put out my short order right now, put on a limit above, you'll see that that's been decremented. So now I only have, I, I can't, if I try and short it again, it's going to say, hey, they you don't have enough shares located. Go, yeah. go out and get them. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's now, I want to actually do a short. And we do got CPI coming on. Yeah, we gonna, do, we'll yeah, get we you do. back on here too, yeah. obviously, um, you know, to, to dig into this a little bit deeper here because we're three okay. minutes away. Okay, you guys want to you pause? Um, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll I think, take a moment uh, but, today at least. But definitely but, you guys want to go ahead and check out Trade Zero if you guys are looking for opportunities, especially for shorts and locates. You guys can see there well, definitely have a, a good advantage. And I think the big advantage here too, and, you know, obviously we'll have you back, Dan, for sure. Um, the big advantage here is that you have a lot of retail brokers, some of these smaller ones that are free that don't even offer you the ability to short. You not only right. offer the ability, you have the offer, offer the ability to go out and actually get locates like a professional tool has. So, I mean, it's, you know, giving, you know, the little guy that opportunity to trade both sides of the market, which I think is both important. so important. I trade usually market neutral, equal longs, equal shorts. I think in this type of market, you got to be able to go both ways. Dan, that was awesome though. We want to have you guys. back real soon. I'll show you the sex scene on the next visit. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah, Thanks, Dan. Sure. All right, on the next <laughs> yeah, Zero CPI, Tuesday. Up or down on it, Dan? <laughs> up or down? Are we hot? Hot or light? Well, hot or light? We're hot. We're hot. We're hot.
We're hot. All right. Dan's saying hot. We'll take hot. a look here. E- All right. CPI. Expectations. Dennis, get out of here. Get out of here, wide. Dennis. I'm going wide. Going, going wide. wide. I will be back at you. But All right. I'm going wide. Uh, Mitch. All right. Reading here. You want to get the setups? Yeah. EPS year over year is 6% uh, expectation here. Prior 6.4. Then when we get to the month over month levels, uh, those are going to be uh, estimated at 0.4, prior 0.4. You guys can see the month over month. I have them highlighted here. I can put them full screen so you guys see them a little bit better. And then we'll go to the chart action as it hits the tape. And, of course, we'll look at the month over month at that 0.4. We'll see if that kind of changes there. Of course, year over year is the one going to be watch. Core CPI year over year is 5.5, the consensus. And the prior was 5.6. We'll look to see what we get here. And like always, we'll find out if the market reacts similar how we're expecting it to because it's a little bit difficult now, right? I mean, is this going to help interest rates? Is this going to not help interest rates? We're going to be worried about the banks. A lot going on today, team. So the market might take a little bit to decipher where it wants to go. I kind of also will we'll see if kind of Dennis's outlook, you know, if we get that first down whoosh, do we find some buyers? Let's find out. Yeah, let's uh, do the technical setup. We've seen this scenario before where they juice it up. Up, uh, well, it the first move is down, and yeah, that's just got is... a big algo jumper. Is it even out yet? Someone got it on the early wire. You made a new pre-market low by two points there, and you're on the rebound. So the first dip was bought. I don't even know if the information is out yet. Breaking news. Got it Mitch. here. CPI year over year at 6% versus 6% expected prior 6.4 CPI going down a little bit there. That's actually good. It came in line core CPI coming in at 0.5 versus 0.4. So a little hot there year over year estimate coming in at in line also for core CPI 5.5 versus 5.5 estimate. So all in line, it looks like to me, a little bit like a little bit of a liftoff here from the numbers. I felt like in line was perfect. Everyone kind of expected in a little line. bit of a hot report. <laughs> yeah. A hot wow. report. So I think okay. in line actually a good one. The um, Who said by the dip? Well, it wasn't me, but you me. did not have me. a very I got long. 86.28 on spy. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, but that took a lot of guts. <laughs> okay, I'll leave. <laughs> Got to go. Got to go. Uh, so I don't know what if the first thing I saw was in line, I don't think I would hit it. So they hit it down two points to the free market low. You had to be out there in order to get it. Uh, we're ripping now. So let's look at the upside here. Uh, Monday, Monday's intraday high. Now, you guys know I talk about the intraday high versus the 24 hour high. So the highest we got after 9.30 yesterday was 39.40.50. We just stalled one point under that at 39.50. So right now, I'm going to go a two-star at at 39.40. If, in fact, you get through that, you have some real estate on the upside. The true high from yesterday was 71.5. but here, you know, the first the first stop at the uh, interday high from yesterday, the Bears took it. But man, that was a quick dip, man. I don't know what 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 was someone what was hot in there, Mitch, for someone to hit the the sell button like that. There was nothing there. Um, they they might have jumped on the first number. The first number I saw come out was the month over month number that was zero point five versus zero point four. But then everything else after that came in in line. 
So maybe that was the number, Joel, that they just saw at first, the first number, just a 0.1 higher. Okay. They jumped on that. But then as soon as they saw the other ones in line, you saw it really pick back right back up. So uh, a lot of times also, I feel like it's it could be orders that are just sitting out there, right? Stops. And then it goes wide yeah, and it just yeah. goes, collects that volume and then just shoots right back up. So I think that that's what could have been there too. Um, of course, not stops though, right? Because it's in pre-market, right? But well, there's stops sitting in the on futures. the book. There's stops yeah, in, on the the st- in the futures. Yeah, there so they go. could have triggered some stops there uh, very easily. Uh, that interday high uh, from yesterday is looking pretty good. Of course, you wouldn't have gotten filled at uh, forty fifty because the high. Well, you might have. You might have been able to. Um, uh, maybe in some of uh, the other platforms, but uh, if the micros or something like that, but mm-hmm. uh, nice move so far. I mean, this is what the market wanted. You know what a term I was going to throw out yesterday and I, it's still way, you know, premature, but have we ever talked, we haven't talked about a V bottom, you know, where they just give you one shot right at it. And cause you took out the previous day's low by like 40 handles I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's too too quick to say that, uh, but um, I mean, so you, far, so good. The day is still early, though, folks. The, yesterday, it looked like everyone would probably have said that we're going right back down to those all-time lows. And then with this in-line report, some people can come out yelling that we're going back to all-time highs. Oh, well. So I, who knows? Yeah, I'm not. Get I ready, guys. Strap I, to your feet because it's going to be one of those days where you're going to have some people saying that, you know, the bank where he's done, you don't have to stress about anything. Well, what does this say about the Fed now? What's the Fed going to do? Are they still exactly. going to hike a quarter? Are they going to hike a quarter? I think they're going to listen half. to pre market prep. They're going oh, a half, bitch. They're not going. The inflation half. is the concern here, not the banks. The banks uh, really, really, really. Did the banks deflation. show concern, really? At least. It's only two regional banks that we know about. The other banks. I don't. I didn't hear any concerns. And from at least what was said yesterday from the CEO, um, the CEO of First Republic, he was saying that the bank was not seeing big outflows and that it was operating as usual. That came from the executive chairman of First Republic Bank. So, is there really was there really concern for the banks? That's what I'm wondering. Or was this kind of just overblown? Um, I think I think you have uh, uh, you know scenarios where you know with social media and everything that happens that things can get blown out of proportion. I don't think we're I don't think we're out of the woods on the bank situation. I don't think we're out of the woods on the inflation situation. I just think that you know um, and like I saw Nomura analyst says uh, a quarter point cut next week. That's not going to happen. A cut? It, 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 oh, yeah, man. a quarter point that, cut. We we're we're, we're falling out of bed here, folks. <laughs> we stalled big time at that pre at uh, at the uh, interday high from yesterday. Uh, now falling back into closer to the thirty nine hundred area. Uh, instead of a big rip today, you know, for me, I think a, a, a positive close here, something over thirty nine hundred. You know, that psychological level. Uh, also, you got to keep in mind, you know, you got a quad witch coming up on Friday. People are jockeying for positions, so that, that there's a couple other factors. But I don't have to see us go, you know, absolutely crazy and you know be up fifty, sixty handles. I'd rather see. Just another a stable day with the incremental gain, but uh, right now we're bouncing around like a ping pong ball. Uh, still up twenty handles, 
that was quick on the pre-market low. So you know you got buyers down there. I think if uh, now you're going to have to look at it and say, where am I going to buy ahead of the pre-market low? So we'll see. We'll see. I'll be interesting to get uh, uh, Triple D's perspective. He put his uh, his uh, uh, game practice into action there. But I wonder if he just sat a bit or uh, or, or lifted an oh, offer yeah. on that Triple D. Were you just a sit? There was duck? no lifting offers. You had to like you sit have your like a buck out and a half wide. So I just threw it out there on the low end, and I actually got hit on some spy. Um, yeah, that's what I felt again. Like it's come back right back hit. down here, though. So it's not, We're not out of the woods. Of it looked market. really good off the hop, and now it's starting to not look as great. I got 86 in the 20s, 86 in the 20, uh, 286 in the 20s. So I didn't get the low print. I think I went to scratch spy. I, I was about a buck higher than that, but I threw it out there when it was just wide. I just threw it in the middle, and somebody hit it. Yeah, that's what that's what you have to do. Uh, get your order what, out there. You want to get done, get your order out there. Yeah. What are you seeing? Uh, what are you seeing in the stocks? I feel here? like I'm just convicted that I feel like we've got people yesterday that are like hitting themselves. Like, why didn't I buy some stocks yesterday? I, that's why I feel like you've got underneath demand here now. So even despite this number coming in line, which is not fantastic by any means, it didn't come in hot either, though. So I think it's good enough to mm-hmm. have that underneath demand still there. So if we get anywhere close to like scratch on SPY with the banks trading up and we haven't even gotten the individual stocks here. I mean, the banks are all trading significantly higher here this morning. You know, not just the, the regionals, the majors are trading up significantly too. Bank of America's up 4.3%. I do have paired positions on some of these. So um, short some banks, long some other banks trying to like, you know, jockey. So, um, in, and again, some are up more than others depending on obviously their exposure and stuff. But, I just think like you got people that are probably having remorse yesterday, especially if they were selling stocks yesterday morning, that will be looking to get back in. So I think you've created a little bit of underneath demand here, which we did not have yesterday. So that's the good thing. Again, not out of the woods. Lots of things to think about. This wasn't you know a cool number by any means. Does the Fed go a quarter? They might. I don't think that I think the half is completely gone. I think there's possibilities it could go a quarter still, but I think it's gonna be like one and done. So the one thing that the banking crisis did do for this market is bring the pivot a lot sooner, or the potential maybe not a pivot, but the potential for a pause a lot sooner than we were looking at just a week and a half ago. You know, going back to uh, going back to the uh, regional banks, like another uh, part of my thought process was, I didn't know if War- Warren might be out there sniffing around. I, that's what I was wondering. Too. Yeah, um, and then the other thing is, like, you know, what I would do if I was one of these banks and I had a squeaky clean, you know, balance sheet, I would put it out there and announce a buyback. And I mean, it's some of these. I don't know if some of these have already had buybacks in place, but uh, let's uh, w- let's go to some of the individual stocks here. That uh, let's go to the let's go to the um, the Bank of America. I'm just going to go to that one because I don't have any positions sure. in it. Uh, you got a nice pop to 30. That's uh, that's a good psychological level. There's nothing there on the charts. Uh, 29.72 was yesterday's high, so. Not even a gap up. See if you can hold twenty nine seventy two for that. And uh, what what other ones do we want to look at? Man, I well, got some. 
you can look back to some of these um to some of these regionals here too i mean your frc is 49 dollars here now joe i know you don't want to look at it but you're up like 75 percent one day that's nothing short of incredible i know <laughs> joel gets down and dirty you gotta follow that guy i think <laughs> well you want to you want to hear that there is a little bit of a bad news the uh i wouldn't call it bad news but uh i talked to the investment committee about it and oh, uh before, beforehand and I, I cut I cut back what she wanted to do by a good margin. She wanted to go all in. Not all in. We got to no. bring Lisa on the show. <laughs> She's pretty solid, too. She holds. Nobody holds better than Lisa. She holds better than uh, Lisa. Well, sometimes she holds on too long. Yeah, like yeah, in the Peloton like, case. Like, yeah. like with Peloton. But, yeah. you know, I, I don't call her too excited to, like, to like let's, you know, let's, let's buy some stocks, you know. And so she was like, okay. So, but whatever, uh, I am going to be taking them off my screen. Is anything getting hit on this, Dennis? Um, the bonds? What I mean is, it's just it just can't be. I'm looking oh, at the screen. There is not a lot of red on the screen. It's actually a lot of stuff is green here, so it's very interesting. I do see pockets of red. Commodities aren't up much here. USO is trading down, but the stocks themselves are trading higher. It's kind of an everything rally here today. They're like tech is up pretty strong. Banks are so strong. Banks are definitely your driver here today. I mean, FRC is breaking through fifty right now. Um, it got to, so, it, you know how it got to silly town. It got to uh, I don't know. I shouldn't look at this. FRC where to go? Oh man, think got to fifty four eighty eight this morning. It's already been fifty four bucks, huh? Yeah. What about my PACW? I shouldn't look at that one either. It's fourteen. <laughs> I almost did that. I'm up 50 percent on that in a day too, and I'm like, wow, that's 15, a big gain. Especially f- when we don't know if we're out of the woods, money match. We get handed 50 percent. We're not even yeah, sure. If we're out that's of the woods. why I'm on the sidelines. Yeah, 1540, 1540. I wish I would have uh, went all in. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, are, yeah. you guys are braver than me. Let's just say that much. Yesterday, Again, I was we both went on the sidelines. I'm imagining Joel went no, not all in there either. It wasn't. No, like, we no, no, going, no, no, we no, no, no with what we were willing to lose, like valuing it at zero. When I buy a stock and, you know, like, and and, and just take, you know, some, you know, even like an ETF or something, like I'm buying IWM. I'm not saying IWM is going to zero and I'm willing to lose it all. You know, the IWM is like, I'm thinking it's, you know, within 10% of the lows and probably, you know, maybe not going to go lower than that. These were like literally could have went to zero on us yesterday. So they were gutsy, gutsy trades. And that's why you can't throw big size of that kind of stuff. But, you know, you're watching it. You can get down and dirty and anything. Just get to your comfort level. I mean, but, you know, if you were buying those yesterday, you had to say, I'm willing to lose all of this. This is like, I'm not throwing my whole portfolio into one of these things. And I'm sure there's some people that did it and really killed it. But you just got to be careful with, you know, how you approach very high risk trades. With the rewards, huge too. I mean, Western Alliance Bank, I did look at this one yesterday. $7.46. Yesterday at the low, it's thirty-five bucks now. Joel. Oh, it's five hundred percent from the lows. Seven fourteen is that right? Four hundred percent, four hundred percent from the lows. I mean, yesterday, like that's a four hundred percent trade. The thing didn't get taken over. I mean, that's there was huge return. And again, you've just got to analyze some risk reward. And people say, how can you go in there? The reward was there when these things get into single digits. The risk reward just set up that. Hey, I think there could potentially be zeros, but if they're not, they're going up two, three hundred percent. So there's your three to one risk reward that I always talk about. So <laughs> yeah. you just got to analyze it from risk reward. 
Yeah, uh, we're, we we are now catching a little bit more of a sustained bit here, but it, it's it's uh it's not all rosy out there. We do have we do have some problem. We do have some turbulence in the airlines. Mitch, give us the information. All right, let's go to United Airlines. As I uh, I should have called that trick there on uh, their earnings. They gave us really good numbers. Now they're pulling it back here. United Airlines holding now sees Q1 adjusted EPS at sixty cents versus a dollar. Versus 66 cent estimate sees fiscal year 23 adjusted EPS now to $10 and $12 versus $8 and 70 cent estimate. Um, and then we also got some news out there from Southwest Airlines and JetBlue, but theirs was more positive. United Airlines pulling back some of their guidance here after a pretty decent guidance when they reported. But you can see that they did the they did the flip on you. You know, I don't like that. I don't like the inconsistency. Um, I don't like that inconsistency at all. That to me, it was a trick. But I mean, yeah. Each is I own, mean, right? I don't know how things can change that fast. I'll just give you. I, I'm a I'm a Delta Airlines guy, anyways, and I can't remember the last time I flew United. Uh, big hub here. It used to be the old Northwest Airlines. You probably haven't heard of that, Mitch. Uh, Forty-four eighty. <laughs> wasn't that long ago, Joel? <laughs> Joel makes me a baby. I'll take it. <laughs> You heard of Northwest Airlines? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, come Northwest on. Was man. like ten years ago, wasn't it? it? Wasn't that long ago? I flew okay. Northwest all the time. Maybe, maybe it was one eight hundred two two five two five two five. I think was uh, man. Joe know. knows the phone number. <laughs> uh, Pre market low uh, comes in at forty four seventy six. Uh, so you're two bucks off the low. So I think that at, when I see those kind of you know, the higher lows like that, I'm thinking, man, maybe it's not going to get back down there. Um, break it 48. This is what I'll give you. It's easier to identify resistance than support in this one. Our resistance yesterday's low was just above 48. A couple other lows at 48. So I, I won't be comfortable with stock until it has a strong big above 48. And now... Man, what you what are you gonna do? Just pick these daily lows here is uh you know po- you know potential support. So that's tough. Let's look at all Delta Spoozer Mountain, another move higher here. As we Still mentioned, that, underneath demand now. Yeah, yep. 39. Now 40. FOMO hitting. Yep. Be careful. Um, I was hitting team. yesterday, and then Be it's careful. continuing into today. Yep. Yeah, th- I think but today's the dangerous area, right? Because some of these banks are up massively. They could come back down, right? It's hard not to take the profits. Like, I mean, it's going to be hard for Joel not to take an 80% profit. It's going to be hard for me on my PACW not to take a 50% gain in one day. It's going to be hard to do that. So, like, hard not to take those gains. I mean, even Josh Brown was saying he got down dirty in Schwab, and he's like, if this thing goes up like 10 points tomorrow, I'm probably going to sell it. I mean, again, you've got to analyze it. Like, you do have to analyze it from the risk reward it was at yesterday, though, because the risk yesterday was losing it all. So now we're only going to take a 50% gain. It's like, wow, did we get enough return for warning that risk from yesterday? I think you almost got to at least double your money to warrant the risk we were taking by originally going into those stocks. Tough, though. It's a tough call here because this is a big rally really, really quickly. Now, um, I mean, we could take a look maybe uh, to see what else is kind of moving around. Um, I know I, I've been taking some shots, oil downside. Um, how do you guys feel about the oil game? Do you feel like we could bounce again? I know there was concern. You know what? With this oil, it's just getting to be with it. You know, when you hang around support too long, you know, mm-hmm. what happens? And now, you know, you shot out of that low from uh, uh, two days ago. You shot out of it like a cannon. 
And now you're just hanging out down here. I I don't, I mean, I've been calling for this in the 60s. And every time it gets into this area, just boom, rebounds right out. You know, OPEC, oh, we're cutting production or something like that. So I don't know. It feels, it's feeling heavy to me down here. uh, But uh, until you like really crack that December low, which is uh, 70, 70, 63 basis, the uh, April contract. You just got to respect the trading range. And it's been a it's been a choppy trading range. And I haven't looked at the oil stocks. Let's take a look at good old Exxon Mobil. How's that trading? Uh bad day yesterday. Getting man, it, look at all those lower highs, man. That just means there's there's someone bigger than your little retail trader trying to work mm-hmm. out of a big position. Lower highs each day. That that's not you haven't seen that in a while in Exxon Mobil. So I'd be cautious on these oils overall, just based on the chart. Full disclosure, I do get uh, Chevron, Oxy, and Valero short. So uh, okay, we'll see what happens you. on those types of names. You're short Oxy? Yeah, short Oxy. You're not Dennis. scared of Buffett? No, I actually think Buffett's going to wait for the crack. Oh, gosh. I'm, uh, maybe you're right, but I'm He long. likes I to bought, wait for I the crack and Oxy. take that money. I'm, I ha- think... I'm heavy on the other side of that. I'm actually double-sized position in Oxy. Hey, here, so. we got a lunch bet, my friend. <laughs> no, you don't need a lunch <laughs> bet. There's real money on the line here. <laughs> yeah. it's no, so, no, but Buffett's no going to get us. Here. Buffett's yeah. going to get you a steak or me a steak. We'll find yeah, out. I, anyway, so that's surprising to me um, that you'd be short Oxy on what the Buffett put down there. Just, but I've talked about Oxy for a while. I've been... I've been just, you know, buying this every night and also being long also on my long-term mm-hmm. account too. I just like the level and I think there's value here. Yeah, to me, it's just a, a technical level breakdown already as you've broken down there on the trend line around the 63s. Yeah, you're a technical trader. You rejected 63 also for the bounce where you broke down. So if you cut through 56 on my end, you got, you got lower low, lower lows coming. All right, we'll see what happens there on that support with Oxy. Let's get out of that one. Let's go to disaster stock of the day. Let's go to GitLab. GitLab got destroyed here. Um, they reported their earnings, so I'll give you guys those numbers here. GitLab Q4 uh, EPS at a loss of $0.03, cents, beat the loss of $0.14 cent estimate. Sales at $122.9 million, beat the $119.56 million estimate. Uh, they do... See Q1 adjusted EPS at 15 cent, a, a loss of 15 cents versus a loss of 16 cent estimate. So actually, when I looked at the guidance, the guidance is not too far off. The revenue is down. That's where they kind of got hit harder. Their EPS didn't look too bad, um, but where it gets bad is the revenues at 117 million to 118 million versus 126 million on the revenue side. Don't follow this company at all. I do know it's the reason that team is down, though. There is sympathy. And if you look at team, a stock that I do trade Atlassian because I was like, why is team getting beats? And I was like, oh, this GitLab thing is similar industry here. So GitLab down 32%. You look team this one's down five bucks. So I don't trade GitLab. Don't know anything about it. I do know team trading down sympathy on it, though. Uh, I had to guess at the symbol. I got it right the first time. <laughs> GTLB. GTLB. I got it right the first time. I don't know anything about this stock. It's down 14 and a quarter bucks here. Just traded 30 and a quarter. Let me get my pre-market chart here to see where the damage went to. Ooh, let's see here. Uh, oh, the damage is even was even more severe in the after hours. You got the 2755. I'll give you early parameters. 2755, 
230, 280. So pick your poison in there. Uh Daily lows. Well, you took out the low of the. Did you take out the low of the move here? Oh no, you got. Yeah, this was this low was thirty three eighty eight. So I'll make that's going to be major resistance. Can I find anything on the uh, on the monthlies? No, the next monthly low you're already through thirty two thirty three. Then you got to go back to early, 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 uh, or not early March of twenty two. You had a low at thirty seventy four. I don't know. I'm not shorting this one, and I'm not buying it either, but it uh, looks like it's trading a huge discount. Uh, team, as uh, Dennis mentioned, falling in sympathy. You got to be careful, you know, with these because it's, you know, how how highly correlated, what specific the problems are. This got to 144 and a quarter. You do have identifiable levels to take a look at here. This must have been an earning schlacking. Uh, you had a low of the move, what, 114. What was your high? 114 to, let's call it 190. That's 76. That would be 38. Tack on 38 to this low. 38 and 14 is 152 when I went to school. So you are getting back about half of the move, and you've been hanging out down there. So we'll see what happens. No really daily lows in this area. Spoos are climbing. I'm doing a little ticker time there, a little ticker time in the chat there. You guys dropping some tickers. Um, One thing that I did want to mention here, and it's uh, got brought up by the chat here, was necessarily, um, did you guys see the move in like the industrials? Because I know Dennis has been calling for that turnaround. It looked like it it started really breaking. Deer, cat, um, especially deer, you can see that break. Um, Do you think that this is now finally where we start seeing these kind of continue to fall off? I'm on the complete different end here now. I've went, like, I turned bullish yesterday. So, I mean, we're at, like, I'm looking to buy dips. So, I'm just on the opposite end of the spectrum here. I feel like the Fed's going to be one and done. I feel like the pivot is coming sooner. Unless we get another couple bank collapses, that will change my opinion in a hurry if some of these banks, especially the ones that I bought, go to zero. Um, (laughs) But if we are out, if we don't get any more bank collapses here, we don't get some runs on the banks, I think there's a lot of people who are underinvested here that might be looking to get in. It, it just changed. The narrative changed because we were like inflation, inflation, inflation. Now all of a sudden they've got to worry about the banking system to a certain extent. So there's a pause here right now. And that pause could mean that stocks could get some life here. So, I mean, we are oversold on a lot of stocks. So I think, you know, when I look at the deer and the cat, if I was short them, I think I'd be covering on pullbacks here now. Again, deer, 440 when I went bearish, it's 390, 400 now. And the pre-market, 405, I guess it's kissing in the pre-market. That's an odd lot. But I think I'm I'm buying dips here. And, you know, I'm trying to increase my exposure too. So, um, again, when we're ripping here higher again here, I just think that we had capitulation yesterday. Yeah, uh, if, I may be wrong, yeah. but I'm batting long right now. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, thinking about it. Wants to do the Uber. I'll mention the news with it. Uber, Lyft, and Dash not uh, notched higher here as California court classifies drivers as contractors. I'll make comments. I'll let Dennis limit. I think he has a position in this one, but we can take we could take a look at it. Uh, Joe, I'll let you give levels for me. I was watching Uber before this all happened. For it to break 35 and it looked good. 
Now I'll let Joel give the levels that he's looking for. What do you see on the charts? Uh, man, I would just say, give, uh, wow, how high did we get on uh, the earnings? Let's see here. Uh, 38, I'd say this 34 area. Um, I'd say you got room up to there, a couple highs in the 34 handle, 34.52, 34.63. That'd be a nice target. Not seeing anything at 33. Uh, lift, that's, uh, oh boy, lift is getting to lift. But uh, yesterday, uh, you, got a, you got a pair of high. I mean, I think you got a wall of resistance at, you know, at the $10 area for now. Uh, I don't get DoorDash. I go and pick up food. <laughs> I just don't I, I am so tempted to buy this stock because when I go pick up us I mean every time like I'm waiting and someone comes in, oh you're for DoorDash. Oh you're for Door oh DoorDash. Oh you went on the mute trick. You went on the mute trick. Uh but I agree with you, Joel. Um you do see that every time you get in a store. The only thing I also see, Joel, that scares me is those TikToks on those dash drivers, man. Man, that's got me to the point where I don't even order from Dash because I see so many times these guys getting in confrontation because people are not tipping them enough. Drivers knocking on people's doors and stuff. Man, I'm staying far away from Dash. Uh, you know, I know I don't want to work for them. You know, these kids too, uh, like they're, they're trying like to order liquor too. Yeah, these why not? Kids. Yeah. Yeah, there's, but there's I, convenience crazy. stores, there's everything. I mean, now you can get everything delivered to your door. Man, it's, I don't it's, I it's, mean, but just the premium that they that, that they kick into it. But uh <laughs> that uh dash uh it's at fifty eight eighty. I see all these if you if you're uh in for this one, uh in the upper fifty nine handle, we haven't quite got there yet. I see three, four highs in that area, just under sixty. So that's what I'm looking at. Uh four DoorDash, D-A-S-H, and Lyft. What a just, what a, this thing just can't catch a bid. Made a new all-time low yesterday, getting a little bit of a pop today. I don't know what it's going to take to turn this one around. <laughs> Someone said, we ordered Grubhub. The food didn't even come. The pizza wasn't even there. They said it was there. It was not. I would have been upset, man. I would get upset. If I'm, I'm hungry, and I want my pizza. I want it now. Uh, but let's take a look at Snapchat. Um, this had been running before with the TikTok rumors. Has pulled back all the way back down there towards about that $10. What do you think about Snap? I'd buy it. I like it here, actually. Um, you know, and again, you can tell the tone change here from yesterday to today. $9.95 is the low. I'd stop myself out the low of the move, $9.68. I think yeah. there is an opportunity for this to rebound here. If we're going into rebound, they're looking for risk on here stuff. Something like this could do okay. Again, if we're feeling the Fed pivoting, and that's what I think is not necessarily a pivot, but a pause. We'll say pause. Pivot's the wrong word. Feeling a Fed pause, that could give you a little bit of a green light for some of these higher-risk stocks. So I actually like Snap here. I think it's a buy. Just All right. Opinion. I wanted to bring the CME Fed tool really quickly. Um, Joel, if you want to give some levels on that Snap, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I see there, there's a bound of support between uh, 950 and 10, but I think you're going to have to up your bid uh, to get it tipped under yesterday at 995, maybe. Maybe a little quick little sell-off. You could get it scratched at uh, 1023 today. Um, on the upside, if you clear 1073 or 1070, that's your two-day high, uh, not much on there uh, until you get to the uh, mid-$11 handles. So that's what I'm looking at in Snapchat.
All right, I just wanted to bring this in because we've been like kind of keeping up with this, right? The CME Fed tool just finally changed for the C, uh, the CPI number. And it's funny, a week ago, I mean, 69.8% 50 basis points. One day ago, that was 65% for the 25 basis points. And now we're at 91.5% for a 25 basis point hike rate and only an 8.5% chance for no uh, no rate hike rate. This is uh, all so- good for tech stocks. I mean, this is all good for those growthy tech names. I mean, we've changed a lot. And again, some of these growthy tech names have nothing. Again, if we lose the banking system, it's a completely different story. So that's your risk. There's still a huge amount of risk out here. Don't kid yourself. But I'm betting right now with the buys that I've been doing recently in the last 24 hours is that the banking system is going to be sound, that we're not going to lose very many more banks, if any at all. And that it gave us a really good opportunity yesterday, not only in the bank stocks, but maybe some other stocks too that were getting hit hard here to maybe get off market neutral and maybe get off, you know, the bearish stance and maybe get bullish for, you know, a little bit here. And again, we're going to change our opinion again. And people are getting frustrated because I was bearish yesterday or at least, you know, scared. I don't know if it's necessarily bearish, but I was definitely scared yesterday. Um, And then all of a sudden I come in and, you know, I'm feeling a little bit more bullish today. Your job as a trader is to change your opinion. Your job as a trader is to trade what is in front of you. Your job as a trader is not to stick to, I'm right and the market's wrong. wrong. If you That's have that opinion, thing. if you are like, I'm right and the market is wrong, you will lose money in being a trader. Your job as a trader is to change your opinion when you get given new information. Final story, and then I got to hop. I got to hop. In the elevator at uh, the old building we were in, the Bright Trading Building, in the elevator with uh, Eddie Franco, and an unnamed trader uh, who had been struggling. And, uh, you know, he had some good runs and he was really struggling. And Eddie said to him, like, hey, you know, uh, know, what's going on? How's it going? He goes, market ain't acting right. (laughs) No, Eddie said, you're not acting right. The market, the market acts right. The market's right. It determines your PL. So I got a hot fun show today. Everyone be careful sure. out there. Looks like we're going through the inner day high from yesterday. That was right here, right now. Things are kind of wide open on the upside here. I don't want to say 4070 is a target, but 4070 could be a target. Everyone have a good day. All right. We'll see what happens there. We're starting to wrap up and get to the trading action. Dennis, I'll let you get out of here. Yeah, I'm going to go trade. Again, I'm buying dips. Again, we just ripped high. So you can see like at 830, I was like, I'm going to buy a little bit of S&Ps here. You know, SPY, we got a little dip down. I'm using opportunities. Again, don't have to chase here. It's going to be choppy. I don't have to like go buy up 43 handles. I think you're going to get more opportunities. Maybe it's going to come back in. Mm -hmm. But as stocks dip here, I'm more inclined to put on risk. I think we saw a short-term bottom yesterday morning when i tweeted out this is scary and again an hour later i tweeted out was that capitulation because i was really scared and i hadn't felt that way in a long time so that makes me think that a lot of other traders were feeling that way and a lot of traders get me out of all the regionals get me out of these stocks i don't want to own anything right now it's just too much risk it felt like throwing in the towel yesterday morning that's what you know you look back and you're still not far off these lows. I mean, we can analyze. The IWM is down 177 now. It's bouncing from where you know I was buying yesterday. But we were 186 you know, a week ago. You're still off the lows here. I think there's traders who are going to be wanting to get into this market here now 
And I think they're going to be using dips to get in. So I'm not selling the rip, but I am buying the dip. If we yeah. get a dip. Oversold on the downside on IWM. Oversold on the downside for SPY. You guys know I only use RSI in extreme moments. And believe it or not, the RSI said bounce yesterday. I didn't believe it, but that's what the RSI said. Yeah, so just go with your indicator and not what you're feeling, and you'd be doing pretty good there. That's yeah. how it is sometimes, right? It is. I mean, it, that's that's the yeah, difficult thing, right? I mean, yep. because the noise yesterday was run for the hills. Let's just yeah. be honest. The noise yeah. was run for the hills. Oh, that's what I, it was. I was scared yesterday morning. That's where and again I was buying nothing at nine thirty. Right. It took me till ten thirty to like, okay, we're bouncing here now. We feel like I feel like we maybe put in a bottom. I feel like it's a little bit safer than it was an hour ago. But when you feel like selling it all, it's usually the time you should be buying something. <laughs> and it, it's difficult. <laughs> again, I have a lot of cash still, so I'm not all in by any means. Uh, but put a little bit to work yesterday. I think what's also difficult is if you do turn on your media, right? If you are watching CNBC, if you are watching the financial medias, because I'll tell you right now, I was in nowhere near as worried as I came in on Monday and then I saw everything. I wasn't worried. I, I was like, well, if one bank goes away, that's fine. I mean, one bank is one bank. It's not JPM falling. It's not Bank of America it's not even Wells Fargo. It was some of them falling down. yesterday morning, though. It started to spill over, and you saw Bank America, you know, losing. Bank America lost fifteen percent in three days. Yeah, it no, they, they, were getting hit, they were getting hit percentage-wise on their numbers, but yeah. I wasn't hearing any concerns from the banks. If anything, everyone was like, "These big banks are fortresses," all right. And I mean, if anything, those were dip buys opportunities because I don't think anybody thought J- J.P. Morgan was going away tomorrow. Let's just be honest. I don't think anybody thought that that could happen. I don't think anybody so, knew at 930. This is what gives you the opportunity is I don't think anybody really knew what was going to be the next thing to happen. And I don't think we still know, no. but I think we're more comfortable here today. I feel like we're not, I don't feel like we're going into, oh, they're just going to start hammering all these regional banks. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's going to happen. And maybe there's going to be more bank runs, but I don't feel as much fear now. I, I think even the Fed myself. solved that. They, they said they, they backstopped But they all, solved it the day before, the and then all the fear happened the next morning. So where investors were running for the hills because we know we're going to lose all of our investment and you know all these regionals, and I was worried about it too. Was the that just the media was, overblown though, right? Them overblowing it, causing the exuberance or the overreaction to the downside. But what really was underneath the hood was that it wasn't that bad now that the regulators backed it all up. That's just Anyways, what it seems like, you know. I don't think it's anybody knows one. anything here, but I, <clears throat> I'm I'm betting, and as a trader, all you do is you make bets. I'm betting that that's all you can do. Capitulation. I hey, you saw the turn. You made. That's what you do, right, Dennis? What you I saw do, yeah. a little bit of a turn, and you took your shot. As a trader, you're never gonna know if you're right until like pretty much you get that P and L, and then yeah, maybe you it. could say you're right, but that's just hindsight 2020. Also, right? Yeah. It's just more long taking probability. You felt you had probability on your side. Like you mentioned, risk to reward. reward got better. You saw that, that falling knife before, but then now it had turned into more of a capitulation low with the turnaround starting to come. And you took some shots, man. I can't blame you for it. Shout out to you. Shout out to Joel for taking your shots. We don't know if they're always going to work out, but that's what trading's all about in the end, right? Hey, you go do what you, you do best, shot. my friend. You got to trade. It's my job. We'll I don't happens. pay the bills if I don't trade. See you yeah. guys. Yeah, Dennis says it all the time, right? It's not about it's not about being right. It's about changing with the information, being flexible, 
Looks like they were flexible enough to make some positions to the upside. I hope that everybody out there was able to deal with all the noise out there. I know it's very difficult. I know that there was a lot of talk yesterday that it was kind of like the end of the world. Well, you guys see it, how quickly the flip and the change of the coin can happen, right? Well, let's bring you guys over to live trading action. That's going to come up next, but definitely want to give a shout out to our guest today, of course, from Trade Zero. And if you guys want to go ahead and check out a brokerage that can really give you access to extensive inventory of shorts locates, check them out, team. I'll throw up the link one more time so you guys can check out Benzinga's shorts to watch. And definitely take a look at it. You know, one of the things that I always say is look for competitive advantages. You guys hear Dennis Dick talk about it all the time. Find tools that can help you as a trader. So if you guys like doing some shorts, like you guys see me doing some shorts, well, check out Trade Zero for those locates. We'll see you guys, like always, right here on Pre-Market Prep. Up next, we got some live trading action. And of course, this Sunday, we got the book club. Don't miss out. Japanese candlestick trading uh, charting techniques. If you guys want to learn a little bit more about Japanese candles, and of course, you guys use those candlesticks right now. Where did they come from? Find out a little bit more about technical analysis on our book club. You guys can hit the form. I did get a couple of people to reach out for the book. Get it now. On, on Sunday, we'll be starting with the first two chapters. And just for you guys out there that might not have the book yet, you can get your free preview on Google. So reach out to that form. I'll send you guys that link so you guys can check out that free preview and get over to the book club. All right. Now up next, we got, of course, live trading action. That's coming up next. We got Lord Ryan, Zunaid, and I. We'll see what we can get into and see if I can uh, bounce back a little bit. I know I have City in the red a little bit. Going to cut that one, but it's a tiny one. and took some profits yesterday. Got some oil to the short side, and we'll see if today we get some up action in some of these tech stocks. Looks like we could get a little bit of a push. Let's find out, team. 